I'm extremely skeptical about founding healthcare startups in Germany. The only way this can succeed is if you collaborate with, with insurance companies. Um, and I see a couple of companies here in Germany which might have a potential to, to do that successfully. Um, but then all, also you are dependent on these insurance companies. You don't know if they will end up doing it themselves. Um, and also what's going to be the exit scenario there. Project A Podcast. So welcome to this new episode of the Project A Podcast. First time we are recording it on video. Also, one of the first times that we have two guests, Uwe and Simon. Let me first introduce Simon, or maybe you can introduce yourself. You're the founder of Clara, right? Yep, I'm one of the two founders of Clara. And Clara is... Clara is a messaging platform for medical practices to communicate with their patients. And we're building a communication network in the US predominantly right now. And Uwe is our general partner at Project A. I think most people know you who are listening uh, to this podcast. But maybe you can also introduce yourself. Um, yeah, my Why are you sitting here? Uh, my, my name is Uwe. I've, I've been with Project A since, since the very beginning of the, the firm and helped start it. And um, I'm very interested in all things healthcare. And, uh, and that's, that's why we sit here. Um, and Clara is one of our superstar investments in that space. So um, and I have the great pleasure of working with both founders, Simon and Simon, um, which is a source, of course, for endless jokes that uh, the Simons are running this, uh, this company. But yeah, it's, it's a super important investment for us. And the uh, healthcare space is a, is a very fascinating one. Absolutely. We, are, we have also been writing, or you personally have been writing a um, white paper on digital health. Uh, we had the focus on Germany, how things are going on there. And that's also something we are going to be talking in this episode. Um, my name is Daniel. I'm the host and I'm very delighted having you here. Hi, Daniel. <laughs> what we are going to be talking about is uh, the digital health market in Germany compared to the US. We're going to be talking also about Clara, uh, your venture, our venture, um, that has gotten very um, strong investments also from the US. Um, and we also would like to have a look uh, on the future. What's going to be happening with Clara and uh, what do you think? Where is digital health going to be in, I don't know, five years, 10 years in Germany and in the US? But what I really love to start talking about in the beginning is um, just so that people can really um, know about the people talking. Maybe something about you personal, Simon. How does it come that you founded Clara? Why? Well, me and Simon, we got together. I'm, I have a little bit more entrepreneurial background, started a couple of businesses, um, worked a lot in, in, in um, digital marketing and product development before that. And um, the the previous two or three years before founding, I was um, heavily involved in, in healthcare projects, helping hospitals and medical practices to digitize and also helping um, uh, one of the or the largest medical publishing group in Germany to, um, to digitize and uh, build a company uh, f uh, for them as well. So I was heavily involved in digital product development and marketing. And Simon came from um, the more academic side. He did his PhD in healthcare economics, uh, worked for one of the top um, consulting companies for five years, did his PhD on the side, 
um, and specialized in healthcare um, in the healthcare industry. He comes from a huge family full of doctors, so basically got the healthcare topics into his cradle and was topics um, with every dinner or lunch with his parents and family. I think he's <laughs> the only one out of all the siblings and family who's uh-huh. who's gone to the dark side and not become a doctor. Okay. But now kind of bouncing back to the field. My, my dad is also a doctor. My wife is a doctor, so I'm also naturally inclined to the field. But we both are convinced that healthcare um, is at a, at a tipping point. Um, things are yeah. highly inefficient. Um, the number of cases in healthcare, medical cases, is rapidly increasing and at an exponential rate. There are more people on the planet. Um, there's also technological uh, progress, which means we can now treat diseases which we couldn't have even diagnosed five years ago. So naturally, that curve is going up like crazy, but the number of doctors is staying stagnant and there's a gap. This gap can yeah. only be um, bridged by technology. So that's, this is where we come in. Before we're going to talk deeply about that, how does it come apropos dark sites that uh, you have found such a great investor like Project A? Or <laughs> did Uber find you? Um, y- yes, uh, we, we were in contact actually. Um, so we started with a slightly different business model um, in 2013-14 and we were already in contact there. And Project A passed on our first seed round. Um, but then we did the magic and um, a very successful pivot into kind of from a B2C telemedicine mm-hmm. product. Uh, we were just too early. Um, um, we pivoted the product with our uh, doctors and with our customers into a B2B2C messaging platform, which we are today. Um, and once we hit traction there and things were starting to work, um, mm-hmm. we got in contact again and pretty f- uh, fast got to the to our USC round with with Project A and, and Lura Hippo in New York. And not only did you change the business model, but you also shifted markets, right? So that that's one of the I think most fascinating aspects about Clara is that when we talk to people here in Germany about where the healthcare market is at, healthcare market is at how we think about technology and innovation. Everybody knows the Clara example because Clara is the personification, if you will, of the differences in the healthcare markets because they used to be in Germany doing something that I think is would have been super helpful. I would have used this app a lot. It was about skin cancer detection or yeah. all General kinds of skin problems. skin problems and you know getting a quick doctor feedback on something. The cameras are really good enough to be able to do that. And that basically was not really possible to fully scale in the German market. So they pivoted and Germany arguably lost one of its you know yeah. brightest entrepreneurial teams in digital healthcare and they moved to the US. So it's a, so it's, it's a super interesting example and it tells us of course a story about a hopefully hugely yeah. successful company that's going to you know re- revolutionize an important market but it also tells us a story about how we should think about attracting entrepreneurial <laughs> talent how we should um, go about designing incentives in a medical healthcare system in Germany so I think it's very interesting and that's also, of course, why we passed. We had the ultimate yeah. wisdom, of course, of fully understanding that there will be a pivot coming, which we'll then gladly fund. No, I'm not serious, of course. And the U.S. Um, investors uh, recognize quite early that Clara is something they have to go into. Maybe you can you can tell us about the investors. First Mark Capital, for example, also invested in you one year after we did. They are, just to um, explain, invested also in Pinterest and Shopify. Airbnb and Airbnb, right? So and now Clara as well. So, what do you think? What convinced them? 
So, so maybe first we we did the the second seed round. I I call it um, uh, with Laura, who's and and Project A, in the lead. And Laura is probably the most prominent seed fund in in New York City. So they invested in Casper, Buzzfeed, um, um, Venmo, um, Allbirds, a lot of really cool companies. And they really believed in our vision and that the message, messaging format is coming to healthcare and will disrupt healthcare because it makes so much sense. People don't want to talk on the phone anymore. And we had a very good approach. We had good traction on the product. Um, but one of their conditions was to move the company fully into the U.S. We had already moved the business into the mm. U.S., but not the headquarters and operations and every, everything. So we did that flip. Um, and and basically became a fully U.S. company. My co-founder Simon, um, he moved over three and a half years ago fully and um, kind of set up shop in in, in New York. Um, and then we did our um, eleven point five million A round now with um, with Firstmark and also Project A um, participating in Lurapo. And with Firstmark on board, it's obviously um, great. I mean, they are also one of the most prominent A investors, especially on the on the East Coast. Um, with Amish uh, Jani, who's now on our board, for the first time we have a real proper board with Uwe and and Amish, um, and have good good um, you know value adding board meetings. And and Amish has a deep experience in in SaaS, so he was one of the first investors in Shopify, um, which was pretty successful. And he is uh, was the first investor in InVision and is also on the board, is very close to Clark Wahlberg, the CEO of InVision, who also joined the round together with, um, with the two co-founders of Flatiron Health. So we have pretty good SaaS and also healthcare mm-hmm. um, um, uh, know-how sitting around the table. So yeah, pretty I mean, for- much... Flatiron Health, maybe to yeah. for European listeners, where this is not as present, probably the most successful digital healthcare company, Exeter Roche, I think. Yeah. For so Zach and Nat, they sold the company, I think, beginning of this year for two billion. After six and a half years of, of company, it's a it's a big data analytics um, company in 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 oncology. And um, yeah, Roche bought, bought them and they really changed the way how uh, clinical trials are uh, developed and, and um, researched. So things are happening in the US and you are already nearly completely working in the US. Things not happening in Germany, but still we as Project A started to uh, engage in Germany in the digital health space. You're one of three investments. We're also planning to have some more investments. Why don't we just focus on the US like Clara did? Because this is um, seems to be the most successful um, outcome. So I think the German market per se, or the German healthcare system per se, is a good healthcare system. So don't get me wrong, right? We could, we could easily go on and bash and bash about how it's not open to innovation, but the system itself is a good system. I think I at least am happy... Uh, about the quality of care I get in general, which is not, which is not easy to do. Um, so, but still, I mean, we don't have those startups. No, we don't. We don't. We don't. Right. So, you know, it would be yes. We we are definitely looking abroad. You know, Cru, another very important investment, also didn't start in Germany and now coming to Germany. Um, we haven't given up hope just yet. You know, sometimes you feel tempted to say, "It is an awesome idea. Why don't you leave Germany, move to the U.S., and start your and continue your business there?" And then we we might invest. Um, 
And uh, we are discussing this with a lot of entrepreneurs that, that, that we meet in the healthcare field, but we haven't given up hope completely just yet. So um, just recently we've, we've had discussions and we've, of course, you know, for 10 years, for 15 years, we've been told that next year is the year that everything's going to change. Um, but um, I guess in venture, you're an eternal optimist. So um, what, uh, for example, Gottfried Ludewig has told us, who's been uh, a guest at two of our events, you know, the new digital digitalization chief of the health ministry, you know, you, you can really see that people at least get it and people want to do something. Now we'll see how successful everything goes, but um, I am still cautiously optimistic. And what we're trying to do is, yes, we of course look at other countries and do investments there because we need to be successful, but also we want to be open enough and maybe even contribute a tiny tiny bit to the discussion right i mean we don't have the solutions for everything but hopefully through things like this or in conferences events white papers whatever we can at least somehow contribute to the dialogue so a little bit of a little bit of sense of responsibility still is is in us i guess great but isn't it also a bit frustrating when companies and founders like simon with clara are moving to the us and uh... it should be it should be super frustrating i mean i think politics should be like where did we go wrong? You know, everybody in the healthcare system, actually, you know, the, the, the politicians, the doctors and their associations, the payers, so Krankenkassen, and all that, everybody should be like, okay, where did we go wrong? For us, it's not that much of a problem because we actually now are invested in a US-based company with fantastic co-investors, a phenomenal team, and we will benefit from that regardless. But for the German system, I think it should be, you know, this should be a wake-up call to see that, a German team is pulling this off in the United States. What happened in the US that it's working or seems to work out there? I mean, the US also has huge problems in the healthcare system, mm. Mm, but but still, what 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 worked out there? Yeah, it's it's an interesting question. So originally, the the one of the reasons why we moved over, I mean, we we hit a lot of walls here in Germany. To be to be frank, um, mm. we had a couple of how do you call it um, season desist letters from some <laughs> doctor associations, Abmahnung. and um, a week before the funding round um, on the table, wow. um, which which was pretty nerve wracking. Um, but we kept on pushing forward because the, the, the product worked. Um, and back then when we were in teledermatology or telemedicine, uh, we could actually prove scientifically we had a study with the, with the university clinic in Munich and made sure that we have like, all the academia on our side and, and some um, pretty prominent professors on our, on our board of advisors. Um, and the product worked, but we were not able to kind of build the product to its end because... In the end, at the end of the diagnosis, there should also be a prescription, for example, mm -hmm. and that was illegal in Germany. But it worked in the U.S., and this was basically why we were able to give a better product promise in the U.S., where people were, were, were understanding, oh, okay, I pay $30, $40, and I do mm -hmm. actually get something in return, and not just a... Um, anonyme Beurteilung with always the sentence, I don't know if this is really true, but you have to go to your doctor, even though it's scientifically proven that we could be able, that we are able to actually um, diagnose in telemedicine based on a picture in dermatology. But anyway, so, so this is basically the, 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 the trigger why we also went over there. But there are other reasons why I believe the, the US healthcare market is much more interesting for startups. First of all, it's much more broken, to be honest. Um, so the costs are much higher. We're talking about um, 
four trillion dollars. Eighteen percent of the U.S. GDP is spent on healthcare only yearly. Yeah. Um, in a year, so that's crazy. Um, what does a birth cost? I think if you give birth in the U.S., it's easily like a yeah, it's in, in the five digits. Yeah, and for sure, in the mid and high five digits. Yeah. Yeah. And and I mean, I personally have friends who had were suffering of, of pancreatitis, for example, one friend of mine, and he had he had really bad issues, and he didn't go to the hospital because he knew that it's going to cost him twelve twelve thousand um, dollars. So, but and there are lots of lots of these stories, but. Um, so this is why I think the government really started doing something about it and started to digitata- digitize Obama administration. Yeah, and, and under mm-hmm. Obama, um, I think more than $40 billion were going into subsidies um, to basically subsidize the digitization of practices in hospitals because they believed, and I think that's true, that by, first of all, digitizing, making data available and structured, you are starting with making things more efficient because if you don't have any data, you cannot make things more efficient. So this was basically one of the approaches why Mm -hmm. they didn't want to control data and Mm -hmm. the bad government want to know everything about um, diseases, but they wanted to start structuring the system from the ground up by digitizing practices. So they introduced measures like uh, meaningful use or MIPS and now it's kind of iterating year over year and pretty much all the practices in hospitals in the U.S. are digitized um, and have electronic health records. And I mean, talking to my wife, she's a doctor here in Berlin. They are still writing everything on paper um, in 2018. And, and that's, that's not happening in, in the U.S. So this is kind of one good thing uh, which happened. A lot of doctors don't like it still because they still have to, you know, write things down and type things into the computer. Um, but at least there's a program behind it which really pushed that into the, the healthcare system. So that's probably one thing. Um, um, 70% of doctors have tablets. Everybody has an has a, has a electronic health record and a practice management system online. Um, this leads to also the fact that doctors are used to um, have a digital budget in their monthly accounting. So if you come to them and say, hey, I have a SaaS product, costs you 300 or $3,000 a month, that's not something completely unexpected for them. So they are open to talk about this because they see investing in software has proven to actually be good for my business. Um, so they are thinking more as, I know that you know German doctors are also entrepreneurs, but in the US mm-hmm. they are even more entrepreneurs because they are more inclined to make investments. Mm-hmm. And this might also be because um, the, uh, the, the fact that Patients, and that's kind of a third factor, the fact that patients have a high deductible or self-pay, a lot of them are not insured at all, so they are paying out of pocket. Um, I had a lot of conversations with our head of product. Um, he's, he's you know saving a lot of money every month in order to be secure if something happens to him or his, his kids mm-hmm. in the future, mm-hmm. which is something unthinkable in Germany. Like I don't save a dime mm-hmm. uh, from, my, from my salary for any healthcare costs because that's all covered. So this also makes patients more um, kind of more self yeah, aware or self aware yeah. and also um, more um, kind of motivated to yeah, save. motivated to also choose their doctor on different criteria than you mm. choose a doctor in Germany so yeah. there's patient experience availability the whole service around it so healthcare is actually seen more as a service in the US than mm-hmm. in Germany. If you 
tell a doctor in Germany that healthcare is a service, like they send you out of the door. <laughs> but I, I deeply believe that healthcare is a service and should be treated and built like a service. And I, think, I think that's a super important point, right? When we started investing in healthcare, we came from an, a fundamental assumption that we think patient experience will become more important, even in other markets. It's a bit absurd that it is like patient experience is more important in the US because people are paying them more themselves. So you could argue that it's it's a bit of a paradox mm -hmm. situation because yeah. since patients are a priori not treated that well, suddenly their own experience becomes more important because they decide with their dollars basically where they go. As whereas we, who are arguably taking better care of, don't have any say. You know, we we, we as patients we can't influence decisions. We can't. We, you know, you, basically you're treated not well most of the times, but you can't really complain, you know, because mm -hmm. because you're not regarded as a customer. You're just regarded as a nuisance most of the time. Um, and yeah, no, and and that's what what's going to change and what is I think changing so. much faster in the U.S. This is why it's so interesting for you know innovative companies, software companies who can iterate fast with products, um, uh, to go to the U.S. because healthcare is becoming patient centric. There's no way around it. Right. Um, and if I talk about patient-centric, I mean really the, the experience of the patient is designed through the patient perspective. So it's all about you know, service design, basically. Mm -hmm. So finding a doctor, choosing a doctor, going to a doctor, um, also entering the practice of a doctor, what happens after the visit, in between visits, that's all going to be designed around the patient with the patient in the center like every other industry with the um, result that we have also better um better service i wanted to say yeah, yeah. it's it's healthcare as a service and this needs to be designed with the patient patient in the center out of the patient perspective so thinking about what are the emotional needs of the patient in every situation the patient is when they are feeling bad they don't know what to do they want to search for doctor all of these steps and touch points in the patient journey will be designed so that the patient is intuitively navigating through healthcare. What makes you be so sure that it's unavoidable in Germany to happen like that as well? Because um, you also described that we have a system that's much less broken than in the US. And I think because one way, I, th I hope that this will go hand in hand with value-based healthcare. So I think like empowering the patient and making a better experience and also um, not paying just for services provided, but for actual outcome oriented. Am I successful with what I do? I hope this will yeah. go hand in hand. So, you know, that would be, I think at the moment, we, Germany is a developing country when it comes to modernization of the healthcare sector. We could take the top spot in the world if we are A, open to uh, entrepreneurial activities and B, combine a system that is, you know, taking care financially of patients quite well while still focusing on outcome orientation and on patient experience if we if we can pull this off i think it would be amazing you know then, then we would unlock a lot of potential could be the the silicon valley to use an overstressed term of healthcare in the world um but that that has to happen yeah but i think that the structures and also incentives in germany are just so i don't know pushed against the wall there's no way out like I was I was talking to a friend of mine who's a doctor in, in Munich um, just yesterday he wants to get rid of his fax machines of his telephone he wastes so much time on sending paper faxes to everybody like he's interacting with across the organization 
Um, and, and I said, well, yeah, we, we're going to solve that problem. Clara is, is going to be the solution. Maybe one day we're going to come to Germany when, when it's ready and we have the backing of the right Krankenkassen and things like this. And he said, no way, man, this is going to take us 10 more years because the system is just so there, there's so many incentives for being extremely conservative and staying put and sit on the big bags of money. Um, that it's really hard to change. That, that's exactly the right point. I think it's about incentives, right? How do we structure incentives? And I think that the German market, the incentives are built in a way that they're stabilizing each other, right? It's, it's everybody's incentivized to find consensus, to uh, uh, to keep costs somewhat under control, to balance out power because it's a system that basically administers itself, right? So everybody needs to come to an agreement all the time. Mm-hmm. And that is something very different from setting incentives to try something amazing. That's very different from trying to get people to risk something, right? I mean, obviously, risk in healthcare is a very different is a, is a very different beast. But um, it's not a system where people are incentivized to work on something, you know, that is a great ambitious goal, something very new. And I think that has to change to a certain degree. It has done us very well, right? So we have our costs compared to, for example, the US relatively well under control i assume um but at the same time there's basically we're not unlocking any entrepreneurial potential what would you say now if we're thinking about founders in germany when they listen to us i mean what what should be the conclusion go to the yes and um uh, start your business there because uh next 10 years you won't get anything here or do we have a different saying and What, what's your experience, Uwe? Because you're also looking uh, quite much at yeah, ventures and founders. Yeah. So, first of all, I mean, you obviously have to figure out are the regulations of the healthcare market a problem for the thing I am actually trying to do? Mm. Um, and regulation is one thing, and then just behavior is another thing. Like a lot of things we see, they are catering towards efficiency gains in the healthcare system. And a lot of people in the healthcare system, for them, efficiency is not that important, which is weird in itself, right? Because that, that should be obviously the case, you know? Um, so regulation and, yeah. Yeah, regulation and behavior are, are, are two things that are also not necessary. Even if something is technically legal and possible, still behavior might be different. That being said, I don't think you, everybody has to go to US. There's other markets around Germany. You know, the Nordics, for example, is is a, a system which maybe also for German politicians is is more acceptable in a way than saying we should do everything like the US. Maybe let's look more towards Sweden as an example and say, hey, maybe at, in the first step we can try to become more like Sweden. That's probably more more acceptable for a lot of people. So German farmers um, go to Stockholm. I mean, why not, right? Obviously, you need to have local knowledge as well. But mm-hmm. I mean, if the Simons can pull it off in the US, I wouldn't see why somebody could pull it off in, in, in Sweden as well. Um, and, um, it, you know, it's hard to give like very general general advice. Uh, but I think a lot of people um, are falling into a couple of traps and think because of some kind of cooperation project with one Krankenkasse, with one paying system, mm-hmm. they have cracked the code. And I don't think that's happening. Um, if you ultimately ask your partners, are you okay with us replicating a flat iron health success? You know, we're building a company and in six years, we're going to sell it for a billion or more. 
then is the latest point where you realize that the system is not that open to innovation. Yeah, you can do a little prod. There's going to be like some funny startup projects, you know, that you can do. And, you know, there's going to be like a nice little PR around it. But are we actually allowing companies to become that big? Or are the people you as a small startup think about partnering with, are they really allowing you to become that big? I'm not so sure. Do you have an advice, Simon, to somebody go to go to new york <laughs> yeah true I'm, i'm extremely skeptical about founding healthcare startups in germany the only way this can succeed is if you collaborate with with insurance companies um, and i see a couple of companies here in germany which might have a potential to to do that successfully um, but then all, also you are dependent on these insurance companies you don't know if they will end up doing it themselves um, and also What's going to be the exit scenario there? Um, yeah, I would I would recommend to look into other markets first and mm -hmm. like us wait at the sidelines uh, to things to warm up and then find the right entry point to come back. And not to get too nerdy about health insurance in Germany, but what Simon said is exactly right. You know, there's a lot of questions that are not really clear. It's like a mouse dancing with a gorilla, right? You're a startup trying to do business with a very large Yeah. organization they're not even a company right they're not even uh they just purely different. they just think differently and and, and rightfully so right so I, i'm not blaming them mm -hmm. but it's really hard to build that bridge uh, and i don't think we have fully cracked the code yet um, and there's a big difference between doing something with one health insurance on a selective individual contract basis mm -hmm. and doing something with all health insurances um Because like the selective one-to-one -one relationship with the health insurance, it might seem like a good idea at the beginning, but I think there's also high risk attached to it from for, for various reasons. Because you're dependent. Because totally you're dependent and, and maybe, you know, maybe it was more of a marketing thing to begin with. And now it's not so interesting more for other health insurances. Yeah. You know, maybe it wasn't even, mm -hmm. as we all thought, a big breakthrough in medical treatment facilitated by that one payer, but actually more of a marketing thing. Yeah, absolutely. And we were also back then when we still were in, in, in Germany, we, I mean, I, I remember sitting at the table with various uh, CEOs of large health insurance companies here in Germany. And I think we had two pilots already in contract phase. And then, you know, sitting back down with Simon and thinking through the pilots and it's like, okay, it's going to be three months until the pilot is approved. Um, the CEO is on board. He really wants to do it. He's super passionate about it. He visited us twice in our office in, in, in Mitte here. Um, but it's going to be three months, so he has the approval. Then it's a pilot three months preparation. Then it's three months of pilot. And then we have a decision if they're going to fund us or whatever. By that time, we are out of money. Like The company is bankrupt. Yeah. Um, so how can you actually build a model on top of being, being reliant on these things? And yeah, it's... It, it, Yeah, it comes down to healthcare here really works a little bit more like politics. And in the US, it's a little bit more about economics. I'm not saying that the US healthcare system is better. I think the German system is much better for the patient in the end. But um, but um, it's more innovative. The incentives are struck in a way, maybe because they have to, um, that innovation can really happen. Clara, what's going to happen with Clara over the next few years. I think it's not difficult to predict Germany uh, is not the market you're going into uh, the next one or two years. What else? No, we, we are currently fastening our seatbelts and gonna step on the gas now. 
Um, so we are fully gonna go. Investors listening. Um, yeah, we're gonna. <laughs> we, we're fully gonna go um, in in st stick in the U.S. for the next mm -hmm. 12 to 18 months for sure. Mm -hmm. uh, the market is big enough to build multiple billion-dollar companies in the field we are in. But right now, it's really about getting ready to scale, um, scaling the business, becoming, um, getting a significant part of all medical practices in the U.S. to use Clara as their communication platform. Mm -hmm. Um, on a product side, um, there are kind of two things involved, which we really highly focus on. The one is automation. Um, basically, what we do, we are not just a messaging platform, but we enable workflows. We call them jobs um, for medical staff and patients to get done very efficiently mm -hmm. through messaging. Jobs could be scheduling an appointment, sending a lab result, um, treat, getting, getting um, post-op or post-surgery instructions, preparing somebody for this. Everything around the actual visit is done mm -hmm. prior and after the visit on Clara in a very efficient way. So we are enabling these workflows and these jobs to be done on Clara much more efficiently than they are being done on the telephone or through the fax machine or even through some physical visits um, and consulting visits and things like this. So we're trying to automate them. Um, basically saving even more time than we are currently saving. So we are saving up to two hours per day per employee who is not on the phone anymore, but actually uses Clara with the patients Great. who really love it. Um, but we want to save even more time by automating workflows. Um, so integrating with scheduling solutions. We're currently working on a, a digital signature solution so they can sign consent for, forms, they can sign intake forms. So all of these more complicated workflows we're going to enable in, in Clara's messaging UI. Um, and the other side, besides of automation, and this is also a reason why automation can happen, is integrations. So we are currently um, heavily pushing into EHR integrations, um, which is still difficult in the US, but much more advanced than it used to be three years ago, um, integrating with all these numerous EHR systems to get access to medical data and get access to um, certain context where we can have automation um, on top of it. So we get access to the appointments, we get access to, of course, the patients themselves, maybe their disease types. We can trigger automated messages based on certain uh, phases and stages the patient is actually in the visit. So there's lots of pretty exciting um, stuff coming up. Would be so good to use it in Germany as well, but I think we have to wait for a few more I, years. I was just thinking about by the way, thank you to all my 16 Instagram followers who sent me sympathy about my whiny post when I hurt my foot a few weeks ago. I was trying, it's just so obvious. If you use Clara for the first time, it's so obvious that this, is, has, this has to be the way to do it because comparing to how I was trying to get a, just a prescription for physical therapy, which was an obvious thing to do, uh, nobody picked up the phone in that practice for three or four days because they were too busy. It was impossible to reach them. And I sent them a fax, asked them, can you please send me a prescription? They said, no, you have to come. So I came. It took 10 seconds because they have to like do that in person. There was no questions really asked. Here's the prescription. Okay, bye. It's so horrible for all sides. So unfortunately, I think Clara is doing exactly the right thing by focusing on the U.S., but we would need it dearly everywhere else. I think the end game, how maybe we can, you know, push some change also in Germany is coming from the patient side. And in, yeah. in, in the end, our our kind of long-term vision is not necessarily on the provider side itself where we give them, you know, a messaging solution to improve their communication with their patients. But actually, we want to reinvent the way patients are navigating through the healthcare system by just doing it via one 
very easy and intuitively to use um, a messaging platform where they can schedule, find doctors, talk to all the doctors, get the lab result, get the x-rays, involve their their parents or their caretakers into the conversation, involve pharmacies, insurances, labs, everybody mm -hmm. involved in a patient's journey um, is is basically in one, one conversation. And um, this was, by the way, also the reason um, our first U.S. investor, Taylor from, from Laura Hippo, um, kind of invested. He went to a doctor. He was using Clara. And the day after, he was like, this makes so much sense. Incredible. He found out that we are sitting in Berlin. We were mm -hmm. happened to raise around at the moment. Um, so he was contacting um, uh, Christoph, who was an investor in us, and... Uh, basically, um, three weeks later, we signed the term sheet because he was so convinced that this is the way you should mm -hmm. actually navigate through healthcare. So coming back to what I said is um, once we have significant mass on the patient side and that maybe swaps yeah. over to other countries and it comes from, you know, the bottom, maybe that's a reason for change. And this is how we might be able to come back to Germany. You never if know. Patients in Germany would know how easy Clara is to use and how easy communications with the doctor and that stuff can be. I think we all would like to have it. But luckily, we're not too often at the doctor. Yeah. But tell, tell a doctor in Germany, hey, this is a solution where you can message your patients. They will be like, oh, no, get this out of my office. Like, I, I've done I, they, they, yeah. they, they have access to me. They're not sending me messages. No, no, no. I want to yeah. see them once every quarter. Mm -hmm. and you know bill my 17 euros and that's it and that's it that makes me rich and happy <laughs> are we uh, last question over to you are we seriously looking uh, to invest in digital health yeah I mean, in Germany we, we, we yeah absolutely um, should we focus solely on other markets like no I think I think we'll, we'll we'll continue to look everywhere just because we need to stay on top of things and, and mm. be educated I we're looking very closely at German things at the moment where we still think there are niches that or not niches but segments that work well um, and uh, a large part of our deal flow now is actually digital healthcare um, we look very intensely and I think we'll we'll make some more investments yeah because I think it's um, just a fundamentally exciting space and one that has at least some positive benefits besides commercial success as well. How much of our deal flow in uh, digital health is I, coming from Germany? Um, kind of half of it or is it less, more? Um, it's probably a bit less than yeah. half, I would say. Yeah, so it's pretty, inter yeah, it's definitely less than half. It's very international, but still there are some German uh, fighters for revolution in digital healthcare out there. And of course we, we won't abandon them. Great. After listening to you, I hope that we are going to be investing um, in ventures maybe that are in the US, but hopefully also soon in one, two, three years in Germany and maybe also Clara will be used here in Germany. Let's not give up hope that uh, the new government and um, even the people we have contact to will be changing some things here in Germany. It will be, uh, I don't know, it, it hurts when I think about really great German founders having to go to the US, disrupting the market there um, and leaving Germany. Yep, one, once the wind is right, happy to sail back. <laughs> Very nice. Yeah, thank you. Absolutely. Thank you. Thanks, Simon. So much having you here.